A great story always begins with the front page. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the front pages where we discuss relevant sports news and nothing but facts. My name is Paige, and first and foremost, I just want to say I apologize for my inconsistency. I apologize for not getting this episode to you guys on Monday. But look, life happens, things happen, and it's just been really hard for me to gather myself in this chaos. So now that I feel like I'm at a really good place where I can get back into my routine, I am happy to bring you guys episode 22 of The Front Pages. Before we do get into this episode, I wanted to send my condolences to the Burrell family, you know, with the loss of Cameron Burrell, a former teammate, a former friend of mine. Um, it's definitely been a rough week and a half. Um, but just to see the impact that Cam has left on this world, not only on the track, but just in so many different perspectives, it, it's a beautiful sight to see. And, you know, Cam's legacy will will forever live on. And it, it was great just reconnecting with a lot of individuals who I haven't seen in years and to hear those stories about Cameron and just the funny and stories we used to have on the track and just the memories, man. It, it definitely has been very heartfelt um, this this past week or so. But I just wanted to to offer this audience, you know, a word of encouragement through my life experiences. You know, I, I put myself through therapy from February to about two weeks ago actually i graduated from therapy and it wasn't it 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 definitely was something that i initially going into it thought that it was just going to be a bunch of bs i'm not gonna lie to you um talking to a complete stranger about your life like how does that even correlate right but to be honest it has been life-changing for me like light night and day um i feel so much lighter now there's things that we've talked about that I've probably never thought to talk to anyone about. Um, where I, whereas it be childhood trauma, where it be just how sports has affected my life, or just how relationships with friends, families, guys, like just all, just everything you can imagine, I talked about. And. I feel so much lighter now. I don't feel like I'm carrying so many different burdens. I'm not, I don't have the world on my shoulders and I don't want the world on my shoulders. And I, now I have strategies in place and plans and things that will help me along my journey in any situation that I may encounter. And don't get me wrong. Like my therapist still on speed dial. She's still on speed dial. She's still there for me when I need her. Um, but it's something that I do highly recommend especially if you if you honestly even if you feel like there's nothing traumatic going on in your life at that time or you're just going through a lot of changes whether it's be work school whatever the case is i highly recommend just going to talk to someone because you never know what's what's deep down or maybe you do know maybe it's something that you're avoiding or maybe you just want to gain some clarity on yourself i i just i highly recommend talking to someone and 
I don't know, maybe me sharing that I went to therapy encourages someone else to seek um, therapy. I don't know. But like I told y'all last episode, like I owe it to you all to share a piece of me every time I come on this episode. So rest in peace to Cameron Burrell and let's get into episode 22. So on today's episode, we will be talking about Malice in the Palace. It is a Netflix documentary series. But before we do get to that, I have a few other things I want to discuss before we get to the bulk of that. So we know that the Olympics has ended. Well, now August 24th, the Paralympics will begin. And we know that this does not get as much coverage as the Olympics does. And to be honest, I've been seeing people on social media talk about how they really didn't even tune into the Olympics this year. And viewership definitely was down this year. I'm not sure what the direct influence of that was. I didn't really do my research as far as um, what has influenced viewership for the Olympics this time around. But one, I mean, we're in a pandemic. People have other things to be worried about right now. Two, I think the time zone difference has definitely been the biggest things for the United States, at least. Um, And then three, I just think a lot of drama that surrounded the Olympics this year was one of the reasons why a lot of people were not kind of tuned in as much as they typically are. You know, sometimes this is the only time a lot of individuals even watch sports, period. So I don't know exactly why, but those are my guesses as to why viewership was down this year for the Olympics. But August 24th, the Paralympics will begin. Um, And I saw an interesting post on Instagram that I thought to share to you guys because not a lot of people know what the Paralympics is and what just the breakdown and the do's and do nots, everything that comes with the Paralympics. So in this post from Allison Levine, she has a breakdown and some of the points that she made were valid. So one of the points where it's the Paralympics, not the Paralympics. So I think a lot of people have been saying it backwards, but it is Paralympics, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, get that right. Next thing to get right. They are referred as Paralympians, not Olympians. So they are two different athletes titles. So they want y'all to get that right. Get it right. Okay. Also, you have to qualify to go to the Paralympics. Like it is not, it is not some, oh, just show up and we'll put you in this heat, this heat, that. No, like you actually have to qualify. There are actually qualifying standards in place as well. Kind of the similar format as the Olympics. And I think there's just been a gray line of what are the requirements for that. But She's telling y'all, you have to qualify to get there. There are qualifying standards in place for each individual event for the Paralympics. And then two, she also mentioned, and I thought this was big. She was stating that not all disabilities are visible to the public eye. Each athlete is evaluated and classified based on the type and the degree of disability which ensures fairness for all athletes across the board. And I think that was big that she kind of mentioned that as well, because I think um, when people think disability, they think it has to be something that we can visually see where there are disabilities that 
that's not always the case. So thanks for her to educate the public. I just thought to share that, but the Paralympics will begin August 24th. Definitely will try to catch some events as I have a few friends that will be competing this year. So that's pretty cool. Like I know Olympians and I know Paralympians. <laughs> Score for me. But not for real. Good luck to all athletes competing. I wish you a healthy, competitive competition and good luck. But while we're on the topic of Olympics, a Great Britain sprinter has tested positive for a banned substance. He was a member of that four by one silver medalist team at the Olympics. So I'm not sure exactly how this will work, but I am like 50-50 of them taking the medals away from Great Britain and then moving everyone up a place. So Canada, they actually finished third in their race. So they will be silver and China will then finish third, getting that third position. But like, come on, man. Like, you know, it's the Olympics and people will bring up when they, when they heard this news, they was bringing up the news about Shakari Richardson. And I don't think, I don't think it's the same. Like, I, I think this is different. It's, it's kind of, I, I don't know. Cause you can both, you can argue that they both are banned substances. I mean, we don't even know what the banned substance this great Britain sprinter was consuming, but I ain't arguing with no Twitter thugs. Okay. I'm not arguing with people on Twitter no more, but while we bring up Richardson, she will actually race this upcoming weekend at the Diamond League meet, and she will race the three Jamaican competitors that went one, two, and three at the 100 meters in the Olympics. So that is going to be a highly anticipated race this weekend. I think they also have some great other events and athletes just not willing to end their season just yet. So I'm definitely going to be tuned in. I'm going to get that information and make sure I post it on the front page so that you guys can all tune in as well. But this is a race maybe of the summer. I don't know. I, this is a highly anticipated race because I think this is the race we thought we would see at the Olympics. So now it's kind of like, oop. We about to get it this weekend. So make sure y'all tune in to that Diamond League meet. It is going to be lit. All right. So moving right along, news broke last week that J.R. Smith is taking his talents to NCAA. That's right. He's looking into his NCAA eligibility to play golf at North Carolina A&T. And this is so interesting to me. This is very interesting to me because to see a professional player try to go back to the collegiate route in a different sport and also get his education at the same time, I don't see nothing wrong with this, to be honest. Like, we know JR. He, he's lit. He likes to party, according to what we've seen him do at past year celebrations and just the rumors we hear about JR. He's definitely a fun person to be around. Um, but I think this is pretty cool. A lot of people were saying like this spot on this golf team should be awarded to a kid who really wants to play golf collegiately and not just some professional player being handed this. I don't think that's the case. And I think it's cool that when he's choosing to go to HBCU to get that experience and then to also further his education, I'm not sure exactly what he will be studying in, but I 
I mean, I'm not totally against him going to the NCAA. What are your thoughts on that? What What do you guys think? But while y'all think about that, let's also talk about this interview from Draymond Green. So Draymond Green has now started a, I guess, I guess it is an interview-based show called Chips. And he had an interesting interview with Kevin Durant. So this interview basically explores what really happened between the two during the team huddle um, on the Warriors in 2018. So during this interview, they just kind of built into, you know, KD's journey of getting to the Warriors. Um, They also, Draymond actually asked him a very great question of what, was his move to the Warriors a basketball move or was it more just business related? And KD basically was saying it's always basketball for him. Like he don't really care what the fans got to say, as we know by him and his burner accounts. <laughs> um, but it, it was a very good interview. He was just saying that it was a basketball move to go with the Warriors. People talked down on him for going to the Warriors because it was kind of building that super team narrative. And it worked for them. I mean, that team had just came off of two championships and they were looking to go for that three-peat that 2018 year. And that's where things just kind of went left. And both of these guys were kind of in agreement on, on that situation that happened within that huddle was not handled properly at all by their head coach, Steve Kerr, and then also their GM. And Draymond, the questions that he just asked, one, like, he's outstanding. And it made me like, okay, let me pay attention a little bit more to what Draymond Green is doing on the media side of things. But two, like, KD was just expressing that the way that they handled it, they kind of made it seem like it never happened. And he felt like it was a situation that needed to be discussed, but he didn't. He didn't feel the need to be that person to to bring it up. Like he felt like it should have been the higher ups to to kind of break things down and and resolve the issue at hand. But being that that never happened for them, that kind of influenced him to leave the Warriors. And I never even really considered that to be the one of the reasons why KD left the Warriors. I mean. I just thought he was just looking to move on. Like he said, it was it was always a basketball move, but that particular situation really was one of the key reasons why he left the Warriors. So very insightful interview. You can find it on YouTube, I believe, and also Bleacher Reports app. But it is Draymond Greens. He's hosting it, and it is called Chips, where players will come and talk about the chips that they have on their shoulders and explore those in further detail. So Kudos to Draymond Green there, and we will move right on to the bulk of this episode, Malice in the Palace. Alrighty, so if you haven't heard by now, Netflix has just been in the bag, okay? So there is this new documentary series called Untold, and basically it uncovers some of the greatest sports stories ever. Their focus is basically to reshape the narrative of what we thought we knew about situations that happen in sports. Well, the very first episode was called Untold Malice in the Palace. Now, this episode 
shed light on what really happened between the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers in the biggest NBA brawl we have seen in history. Now, if you have not watched this, I am going to spoil it for you. So if you do not want it to be spoiled, here's your spoiler alerts. But this docuseries focuses around Ron Artest, who we now know as Metal World Peace, Steven Jackson, and Jermaine O'Neal. And the way that they set it up, it was kind of like the last dance feel, I'm not going to lie. But in like that 30 for 30 as well. But I just really, really was entertained for the entire 55 minutes. From the commentary, from the old footage, from the media coverage, from the explanations that we received from all point of views. I really, really love this. And kudos to whoever had their hands in terms of directing and producing this documentary series. It definitely was entertaining. Okay. So, ooh, okay, let's talk before the brawl first. So before the brawl, the season before, the Pistons and the Pacers actually saw each other in the Eastern Conference Finals where the Pistons came out with the dub. And tensions were really rowdy within that matchup. So that really just set the tone for the next upcoming season, right? So, because, I mean, the Pacers, of course, anybody going to have a chip on their shoulder. The team that beat you, you ain't going to give them no mercy the next year. Like, you're going to try to tweak your roster a little bit. You're going to try to do what you can to make sure that you come out on top that next season, right? So, that next season, they're playing well. Um, the Pacers just really full dominance. Reggie Miller is also there. But then Reggie Miller gets hurt. I think he had like a broken finger. I think that's what they said. And from there, we get to to the actual game night. So game night, fans were actually already out of control. This game was held in Detroit um, at the Palace at that time. And fans were already out of control. They were drunk. Um, some fans had to be escorted out of the facility due to their actions. And it was just already, a, it was very chaotic, okay? And how people speak about the Palace at that time, they just say it was a very rowdy environment. Um, the fans were definitely highly in tune, especially coming off of a winning season that season, that year before. So fans was already just out of control. Y'all know how fans be, like them Cowboy fans. I mean, they ain't won nothing in a long time, but you see how they be acting, okay? So just imagine that 10 times worse. So fans were already getting kicked out the game per the police officers that were interviewed during this interview. And the, the Pistons were losing. So typically when a team is getting blown out, people start leaving. You know, they start getting to their car so they can start to just try to beat some of the traffic. So that means the fans from the nosebleeds are coming down courtside, okay? And that's where things start to kind of go left. So it's about 45 seconds remaining on the clock. Ben Wallace is going up for a layup, and boom, Ron Artest makes a bad foul on him. And I love the honesty from Ron Artest because he goes and says, you know what, like, I didn't have to do that, but I really didn't want him to score. Like, I really didn't want him to make nothing easy on my watch. And I can appreciate his honesty. Like, he, that's just how he was, and that's just how he is. And they kind of reiterated that throughout this interview as well. That's just how Artest was. 
So he makes a bad foul. They start pushing each other, going back and forth. And you know how guys be like when when you very passionate about something, they just doing a lot of talking, talking, pushing each other back and forth. Because actually, some of these guys are friends outside of this. But you know, when you ran a jersey and he's wearing another at that moment, y'all are not friends, and that's just what it is. So they going back and forth, shoving each other. Um, coaches and staff trying to separate the teams. Our test goes and lays on the little side tables, right? All of a sudden, man, a fan throws a freaking cup. And this is right on brand for 2021 because the way that these fans was acting earlier this season in the NBA Finals, this is right on brand. And this is what I meant what, what was going to happen to them if they continued this behavior. So... But we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that. I'm gonna come back to that actually. So keep that on y'all brain. So Ron Artes, they throw a cup at Ron Artes. He gets up, charges to the stands, his players fall behind him. He didn't even he didn't even beat up the right fan. The right fan not even not even in the mix. He just looking from a distance. So they finally get him out of the stands and it's fans all over the court. They get into a play with fans on the court, the players, and the players is really in defensive mode right now. They don't know what's coming because Ain't no security in place, which I thought was really, really weird. But through all that commotion, they were able to get the players into the locker room safely. Um, objects was thrown and yada, yada, yada. Y'all seen the footage, okay, of the brawl. But, man, this is so, so crazy because how the media depicted this situation influenced the outcome so much man they called them thugs they called them hoodlums they called them gangsters talked about how they dressed this is the media the way that the media was talking back then they could not dare and go on air today to this day could not go on air and say the things that they said back then and i actually was like you know what? i'm about to look up all these media people because i could not believe what they were saying about these players it was just absurd it was very obnoxious and one of the one of the um anchors he was saying that they violated the number one rule for any professional player athlete and that is no matter what it said no matter what is thrown at you you don't go into the stands bs bs you know what i would not be mad if this year finals this y'all remember how the fans was acting from spitting to throwing to calling people out their names all that I wouldn't be mad if one of them players went into them stands. Not at all. I wouldn't call them players thugs and, and gangsters and stuff like that. Like, no. That's them not putting up with disrespect to me in my eyes. So, for the media to depict the players like this, they really controlled the narrative. And the NBA was so concerned about controlling their brand, controlling their narrative, and how others see their league. I couldn't believe that they just they just let the media do that. And on top of that, the media did not know the full story because these players that were involved from Artez to Jackson to O'Neal, they never got to share their sides of what happened. And that is absurd for me because right after the game, whatever, they were issued some of the harshest punishments in sports history by the commissioner, David Stern. Um, I believe Artes was suspended for the remainder of the season. 
and I think that was like 86 games, which was regular season in the playoffs. And that was actually the longest suspension in NBA history. Jackson, he did an appeal, so he was suspended for 30 games, and O'Neal was suspended for 25. That is just, that's crazy to me. That's a long time. And actually, that suspension lost Artis $5 million. O'Neal lost dang near a quarter of his $14.8 million salary that season. And that's just so crazy to me, man. That's that's wild numbers. Like, do you not understand? That's a lot of money to be missing out on. And through it all, O'Neal, he really got the short end of the stick. And I really hate that for him because I never I never looked at it that way. I think so much of the spotlight was on Artes at that moment. We didn't even pay attention to Jackson and Artes. But they took a big loss too. And O'Neal, like him sharing what how that influenced his life and how emotional it even makes him to this day. I was like, dang, I feel him. Like, I really, really feel him on that because it tainted his image. He was not that player going into this matchup with the Pacers at all. He he basically said he wasn't even built like that. Like, he wasn't for that. That's not what he came to the NBA to do. That's not his brand. But the media painted this picture that he was so such an aggressor such a, I guess what back then they was calling them thugs. Like, I really hate that for him because I know what it feels like to have someone paint you the way that you're not. And you don't even have it in you to try to correct them because you, you're not even given a fair opportunity to do so. Man, I really hate that for him. And I'm really glad that they showcased this within the Malice of the Palace because – it allows us to see a different perspective on things and how we shouldn't let one incident really depict what happens with these players in the future. I mean, Artes went to the Lakers after that, and he just left them. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even tell the team. He just left them, and they thought that was a coward move. They talked about that in the interview, and he got a ring. Jackson ended up getting a ring. O'Neal and Miller are the only two that did not end up with a ring and those are probably the two players that actually deserved it and that really man that sucked man dang dang y'all gotta go watch it if y'all have not watched malice at the palace please go do so in honor of me um definitely will be talking about it in the comments this week on the front page but yeah man nba y'all foul for that i can't believe i can't believe they did that and some of the changes that came after this brawl. Okay, let's talk about that real quick. So, NBA, they changed their dress code for the upcoming 2005 season. All the players have to dress business casual to any team function, league event, whatever. Business casual was the way. We know why they did that, y'all. Come on now. And then, two, I thought this was interesting. The league advised arena guidelines to restrict the size of alcoholic beverages that are sold to customers and also ban the sale of alcohol during fourth quarter to kind of control the fans and also just get stuff under control like there should be no reason why that went off like that you got a bunch of drunk people and then you got a lot of heated people on the other side things are bound to go bad you know what i'm saying so i really 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 loved this docu-series. I cannot wait to see the other four parts of this series. Later episodes will include 
coverage on a tennis player, Marty Fish's battle with severe anxiety disorder, a boxer, Christy Martin's fight of for his life outside of the ring. They also have an episode over Caitlyn Jenner's journey from winning an Olympic gold medal to becoming a transgender woman. And then also it will have an episode over UHL hockey players. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I definitely will be talking about it as those episodes kind of roll out. But yeah, it has been nice and well, episode 22. But until next week, I'm out. And I will be back on Monday on schedule. So y'all look for your girl. Bye.